Guys, I want to thank the sponsors of the podcast. I want to thank GoHunt.com, my friend Cody Nelson, the glassing guru, the optics authority. He's the optics manager at GoHunt.com. If you have any interest in buying optics or have any glassing questions, whether it be tripods, spotting scopes, rifle scopes, range finders, anything to do with glassing, give Cody a call, 702-847-8747, that's extension 2, or you can email him at optics at gohunt.com. You can also send him a text or call him on his cell phone at 602-399-3699. Guys, right now at GoHunt.com Insider, you can take advantage of the free trial. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott. You're going to be able to take advantage of a free trial of the Insider. GoHunt is always adding more value for their Insider members. They've now added real 3D maps as a part of Insider for no additional cost. What an incredible value. Very soon, they're going to have their mobile app up as well. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash Scott and sign up for a free trial. If you're already an Insider member, it's automatically part of your Insider membership. And you can just go to the Maps tab up at the top once you sign in as an Insider. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. That's the gear that I wear on all of my hunts. To find out more, you can go to KUIU.com, Kuyu.com. They're a direct-to-consumer company. They sell everything off of the Kuyu.com website. I also do a lot of question and answer on my Instagram where I'm answering questions about guys wanting to know about gear about Kuyu, so tune into my Instagram. I want to thank Kuyu for their sponsorship. I also want to thank Phonescope.com. Use the JScott20 promo code. You're going to get a 10% discount on all orders. Again, thanks to all the sponsors of my podcast. Uh, let's talk about Arizona elk and antelope. I want to get your take. Um, so let's just dive right in guys. Welcome to the J Scott outdoors podcast. I've got Jason bond of bond trophy outfitters. Um, Jason, how you doing? I'm doing good. Enjoying the snow that just fell. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, uh, with this latest storm, um, how does it maybe change your perception of the upcoming year? when we're looking at these Arizona elk and antelope regulations with what you got, I guess, first of all, how much did you get and, and what do you think? And what, what are you your know, thoughts? You know, most stuff from low Seligman to Flagstaff type stuff and south down to Camp Verde. I mean, we're looking at two to three feet at most spots, you know. Um, as far as what I'm thinking, I mean, everybody was in such a dismal belief of anything going to happen good this year with the with the weather we've had since well since uh, last spring basically you know monsoon was kind of non-existent uh fall moisture you know a couple light snows and some rain but this is the first significant storm we've gotten i don't know eight months something like that so i don't know that it's going to be enough to uh say make it a banner year but uh i you know, if we get a couple more of these, which obviously it's going to be too late to know by the time the deadline hits, um, I think it could save the year a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be a banner year no matter how much moisture we get just because of the health of the animals going into the winter and, and just the lack of feed they had for the last six months. Yeah, is there any worry with you? You know, there's some people in Flagstaff have reported that, you know, total storm 
accumulations like up to 50, 54 inches. I've heard in some places kind of in that western Flagstaff uh, region. I guess my question for you, and I've talked on some other podcasts, my worry was, you know, poor body condition, and then all of a sudden you dump that much snow. If it doesn't melt and if it stays on the ground, are they potentially in in bad shape going into that and then trying to fight for forage and, and, and feed? Do you think it could make it potentially worse? Is that a concern? You know, it's not too much of a concern for me. I, th- I think there's definitely going to be some animals that die throughout the winter just because of cold, just because of snow and lack of feed. But, you know, we're not Colorado. We're not some of these other states that, that snow sticks around forever. So, you know, it's significantly melted already just in the last three days or two days or whatever that snow stops. So I think they've got plenty of browse, you know, and they do pretty well. But um, as far as dying goes, just because of the, the snow, I, I don't think it's going to be significant on that. But, yeah, the, the terrible health of these animals going into this, this storm for sure. When looking forward to some of the units, um, you know, I know you, you focus a lot of your attention on deer and, and you know, mule deer hunting and, and what have you, but you also like to hunt elk. Um, a, as an outfitter, looking at the um, upcoming applications, you know, we've got our archery season September 10th through the 23rd. Um, yep. A little bit kind of early dates in my mind, um, but a pretty good moon phase. Uh, I guess my question would be, what are you eyeballing? Anything new or what, you know, what units are you looking at? You know, the early rifle bull pretty much stayed the same with the muzzleloader 9 and 10 and, and stuff that I hunt. Uh, with picking up a 6A and a 5B north early rifle this year, I think those will be two fun hunts. I don't know what the draws are going to be on that. And I think uh, a lot of max point guys obviously stay away from that. So somebody looking for, you know, an early rifle bull hunt, those are probably a couple choices that are obviously a lot better draw odds than, say, a unit 10 or something. Um, other than that, I don't I don't see a whole lot of change in the rigs. Uh, I, you know, I, I hunted 5B last year. I hunted 10, 7 West. Um, got an 8 a little bit. Um, a lot of good bulls made it through. A lot of great bulls made it through. So um, I, I, I got some high expectations this year that, that I think we're going to have some decent bulls out there. I don't think... You know, it's not going to be a 2005, 2010, um, but I I think there's going to be some good bulls, and I think a lot of guys are going to sit out this year, and it's going to give some people that, you know, don't have those max points a chance to draw some of these better tags. Based on what I've heard, I think there's a lot of guys sitting out. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I kind of said, before I went to Mexico, I had recorded a couple podcasts, and tried to urge people to kind of wait towards the end, you know, wait into February to apply. And one of the reasons is, you know, watch and see and get as much data as you can, as much information as you can before you apply. And, you know, with this storm, and then we've got another, you know, 70 to 90% chance of precipitation tomorrow. I mean, things are a whole lot different than they were, say, 10 days ago. And that's why on most of these draws across the West, I recommend waiting till you know at least that last week and just try and gather as much intel as you can, so you can make a good informed decision. And I think there's probably people that have applied that maybe didn't even apply and just did points that might be kicking themselves if we you know have a follow up storm and then over the over February and March if all of a sudden we could get a storm about once a week, 
I think a lot of things could change. You know, I don't think it turns it into a, you know, unbelievable above average banner year. But I, you know, with with the holdover bulls that you mentioned, you know, that's why I recommend people wait to the end and see what happens because, you know, it's totally different outlook now, I think, with, you know, three feet of snow on the ground in some places. 100%, you know, and, and, and the only difference is the guys that are applying no matter what, and they just apply every single year, uh, happy to draw a tag no matter what. So two different calibers, of, or not calibers, but two different types of hunters, you know, one that is just strictly looking at moisture levels, antler size, that type of stuff. The other guys are looking just to kill a bull, just kill a cow, just to do whatever. You know, apply every year, do whatever you do, you're having fun, enjoy it. But the guy's looking for that top-end bull. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to apply until that last day or two. I mean, especially elk. You know, deer, we have a good idea of what happened over the winter, what happened over the spring. Um, we know what happened. You know, the only thing you don't know is what's going to go on in monsoon season. But, um, yeah, the elk, you just don't have that winter under your belt before you have to apply. So you're, you've got to make that decision the second Tuesday of February every year. And yeah. there's a lot of storms that can roll in and after that, you know, late February, early March, late March, even April sometimes. Yeah, so I heard you mention uh, 7 West, 5B, uh, Unit 8, some of those units what I would consider kind of mid-tier units. Right there yep. in your hometown, you know, Flagstaff, you've got that 7 West unit. Um, what are your thoughts on that unit overall and and? You know, from the archery hunt, I hear about, you know, lots of pressure, lots of roads, you know, a few yep. good bulls. You know, has that changed at all, or is that is that a pretty good description? I think it's a pretty good description. It's a it's a, it's a a challenging hunt, but, every, you know, there's some giant bulls killed in there. My wife killed a 396 bull in there. Um, I got a buddy that killed a 380 archery bull a couple of years ago in there. They're there. It's just, like you said, there's a lot of roads. There's a lot of access, a lot of pressure. Um, the juniper country gets hit harder than the pine tree country now, which used to flip flop back in the nineties and stuff. Everybody was in the pines and now everybody's in the junipers cause you can glass. Um, so things have flip flop a little bit, you know, I, I will say the last two years, I mean, it's been tough hunting. Um, last year wasn't easy because we had, you know, the bugling was down. Uh, it was tough. The archery hunts were tough. The early rifle hunts weren't great. Not all the units had early rifle hunts. Um, the year before we had that big winter storm on that late hunt that, you know, saved a lot of bulls. So I think potentially we could be going into this third year here. If it's a good season and we get some monsoons and we get some rut activity and, and, and all the stars align, uh, I don't think it's going to be a bad year to have some older age class bulls that have made it the last two years. Um, I think there's a good possibility of that. When you look at unit 10, I know you really like unit 10 and, had found yep. some really good bulls last year that I think made it and, and, and are holdover bulls. What's your overall thought? They've kind of, over over the last couple of years, they, they've kind of reduced the tags. And do you see any bounce back in 10 from, you know, I think at one time they had 100 uh, early uh, rifle tags and, and it really took a toll on the older age class. What do you see going on in 10? You know, I've got a lot of history with 10. Well, a lot of the units around here, but, you know, 10 I've paid close attention to since, you know, the, the early 90s, mid-90s. And, you know, used to be some giant, giant bulls in there. And then, like you said, when we started doing 100 early rifle tags, I mean, that's just annihilating the, the bulls in there. And 
back in 04, 05, 06, you know, 2010, about when we start seeing a reduction in overall size out there. So I, I do think it's coming back. I, I wish they would drop it to 25 tags or just get rid of that early rifle bull tag for a few years. Um, but 40s helped it out a little bit, and, and we've definitely seen quality come back. Um, and, and you can find some giant, giant bulls still in 10, and, and a lot of them get that thick haired over nasty mess jungle stuff that's if they're not bugling you're not killing them you know if they don't come in the water in the daylight uh and then the bokeas is 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 helping out quite a bit with no cameras and no sitting water um I, I i think a lot of bulls are you know getting a little more age on them over the last five six years than they did 10 years ago what are you looking at as far as the late elk hunts i know you're you're really focused on the deer season or, or deer during that yep. season. Uh, do you mess with the late elk hunts at all? You know, I, 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 I have my guys do them. Um, I don't do them because I'm always on the kaibab on the late bull hunt. It overlaps the late, or the, yeah, the late kaibab overlaps the late bull hunt. Um, so I usually get down after the late kaibab hunt and then, and then help guys out. But uh, I, I like 10. Um, you know, it's got some tough glassing, but it's got plenty of vantage points. I like eight. Uh, any of these units that I can glass, uh, 5B can be okay if a guy's just looking to kill a bull. Um, you know, probably pretty tough to go out there and kill 330-plus bulls on the late hunt. But, you know, it's like 10 and, and 8. I think you can go in there and kill 330-plus bulls with a chance of killing something bigger. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, of the uh, muzzleloader hunts in 6A and 10, the tag the, you know, the tags are 75 and 10, and I think, I don't remember what they were in 6A. Uh, I'm looking up real quick. Um, 300, which is pretty low for a unit like 6A, especially if you drop into some of that canyon country and get in some of the wilderness. Um, I think both of those hunts, you know, for any muzzleloader hunters out there, I think it's a, a great opportunity to kill a really good bull. Um, you know, digging through some of the broken bulls might be, some of the challenge but we've killed some absolute giants on those muzzleloader hunts so i'm not opposed to late hunts at all um what about the late archery yeah a, a same thing there i mean a guy that's pretty sneaky uh i i think can do spot and stock on on those archery bulls and you know we've killed some great bulls on that hunt too you know nine's a tough unit because the visibility is just horrible in nine there's not a lot of glass in uh most of the glass and spots that we're going to have multiple people on them if it's a dry year like it was last year man you can sit some of those waters and kill a great bull uh with the draw odds you know you're going to draw five tags or ten tags but you know in the november archery hunt by the time you draw one september hunt sure do you mess with the antelope hunts at all yeah i was hunting 10 last year uh spent all my time in 10 for antelope last year uh and 10 was a grind uh we killed you know, about an 81-inch buck is the best buck we could find probably in close to 20 days of spending out there for antelope. So, Seems like 10 is kind of on the decline for antelope. Seems like they've had too many tags for a while, and it's just not what it used to be. Yeah, and, and the predation problem on the on the Bokeas now that it's locked down and, and nobody's going up there varmint calling like they used to. So the coyotes are really rampant on the Bokeas right now. Interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. Um, 
you know, with the ranch being closed some of the year, I, you know, you think the animals get a little bit of a break and that's a positive, but I didn't weigh in the fact that they can't go up there and predator hunt that time of year. So that, that I see that as a negative. Yeah. The fawns are hitting the ground and the coyotes are waiting for them. So, um, I saw very, very few antelope out there compared to years previous. Um, any other units that you look at with the antelope? Yeah, I, I like, uh, you know, 5B, of course, like everybody. Um, 5A, I, I enjoy 5A, and uh, one of my personal favorites is 6A, so um, I, I like 6A a lot for antelope. you got to kind of grind it out for some of the antelope in there. There's some easier spots to hunt that are more traditional, and then there's spots in the pine trees that, uh, you know, guys just don't see antelope in. So there's some sleeper bucks that uh, hide in those pine trees. Both, both in 7 and 6A, for that matter. I know we're um, talking Arizona elk and antelope, but I can't help but ask you about your thoughts on the deer and, you know, coming off sure. this last season. What are your overall thoughts with these storms and, you know? You know, I, I don't I don't have a big outlook. I mean, I, I don't want to be the downer ahead of time, but I don't have a good outlook for deer. And I've told most of my guys with max points that I talk to and, and – residents with max points and and in the pool basically uh you're probably two to three years out from what what most guys are looking for and last year all my guys turned their tags back in so i went up there with a bunch of donated tags with uh well some of the foundations for wounded warriors and disabled kids and stuff like that and we we shot some great bucks and and uh tried to stay away from the up-and-comers and and shot some 30 inch three point type stuff and three by four stuff and you know just good mature bucks uh it's a flashback of 2020 for me um you know lack of monsoon lack of fall moisture one big storm right there at the beginning of december a year ago uh same as the storm this year probably a bigger storm than this storm um i i just think these deer going into that winter and rutting unhealthy like they did in 2020 uh or 2019 and then came into 20 and and we had some pretty good expectations for 2020 and yeah i killed i killed a giant deer and there's a couple other giant deer killed um but the numbers were just not there and the age class is really hurting on the strip right now too uh people have gotten efficient um and a lot of a lot of the dry conditions that we've seen over the last three to four years um have just annihilated the deer you know i mean you've got these cameras that are running on these waters well you know what's coming in because we don't have those novembers anymore where we're going up to the strip and we have six inches of snow or we got an inch and a half of rain before the hunt where the the deer can kind of be anywhere they want to be so the past several years we've we've pretty much drawn a mile circle around whatever water we have bucks targeted at and, and you're going to kill them. What are your so, thoughts on the potential camera ban? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess the oddball, I'm all for it. I'd, I'd like to see them go away. Um, I hate new regulation and stuff, but uh, the technology that's out and the, the capabilities that we've had, uh, I, I just don't see the quality maintaining in Arizona if something's not done with the cameras. And, and maybe that's not a complete ban. Maybe it's uh, a season, but we've, we've taken the, the age class out of this. You know, everybody can talk 220 numbers or 210 numbers on these deer, but when a true 190 plus typical or a 205, 210 type non-typical comes in, 
he's not going to survive, you know, minus we get some weather. And, and these years that we just don't get any weather, uh, they're, they're just not going to make it. And, and you can track them from, you know, tank to tank to tank. So when you're making, there, there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of, a lot of my beliefs that go into it. Um, you know, guys running cameras, you know, starting at 10 o'clock at night, running them till daylight. Guys running spotlights, starting at 10 o'clock, running through daylight. Uh, thermal imaging, I mean, that's another issue up there. Uh, there's there's just a lot of issues that are going into that. And with the thermal imaging, I mean, if you get a picture of a buck on, on camera, all of a sudden you got a guy on a hill with thermal imaging. I mean, it's just, you know, they're not going to make it. Yeah, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, um, and, and so so that's just my belief. So I, I think we've gone too far with technology, and, and I get the complaints, and, well, we ought to get rid of scopes. We ought to get rid of rangefinders. Well, that's just a more efficient way to shoot. and, and Be more lethal. Yeah, it'd be more lethal. I mean, it's it's you still got to find the animal and, and, and hunt it. But What about uh, the Kaibab and, and 12B? And, and, you know, I know you focus a lot on the strip, but you also do well on yep. the Kaibab and in 12B, what are your thoughts on overall quality and, and how potentially this year will be on those? I think the, I think the quality is great on the Kaibab. We did really well last year. We, hunt, we killed uh, a couple bucks in the 190s, one in the 170s, one in the 180s. Uh, you know, the late Kaibab, we killed a high 220s buck. Um, my daughter had the tag, so I was hunting with her. She she killed a great 182, 183 buck. Um yeah, we, we, we did really well. 12B, 12A West, uh, didn't step foot in. No, we had an early 112A East last year. Uh, he killed a 190 buck. Um, I, I think the Kaibab's going to come on. Uh, Todd Buck last week was talking to one of my guides in, in Utah and was concerned about the fawn survival rate last year, which I haven't talked to them much about. I saw plenty of fawns, but they were concerned that the fawn survival rate was way down in 2020. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure what the effect that's going to have on, on the up and comers, but we got that new fire that burned through there last year. Uh, I think that early hunt's going to turn on. It opened up a bunch more country for guys to actually glass. So we'll spread them out from the warm fire and move into that new fire. It would kind of burn down into 12B. Uh, one of the concerns with 12B, 12B West, uh, is those deer that migrate out of 28 West get hung up on that transition zone because the feed's going to be so good in there and maybe they don't drop all the way down into 12B West. So that's that's probably going to be this year. We see kind of what happens there on how many deer go into 12B West. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we'll talk more about that in probably May or June when those uh, deer regulations are coming. Um, yep. It's always great to talk to you i'm glad i was able to catch up with you i know you're busy i want to give you a chance to let listeners know how they can reach out to you uh, and chat more and follow along i'll also link it up in the show notes so why don't you tell them uh, the best way to reach you yeah if you got any questions go ahead and give me a call 928-637-8378 or you can message me on instagram or facebook and sometimes i'm checking that i've been off it for a month or two uh but yeah if you want to get a hold of me uh phone number is probably the best way to get a hold of me okay i'll link your phone number up in the show notes as well uh jason again thanks for your time it's always great chatting with you getting a little update and uh, let's just pray for more moisture and see what happens sounds good Jay. all take right care. buddy take care god bless yep, bye.